Please open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 15 to 16 this evening. They're very closely tied to what's come before, and they're very closely tied to what comes afterward, and in some ways we could connect them all together for one sermon, but uh, a few things trying not to have anything be too long, although somehow the, the word seems to... Preaching of the word seems to go longer than I expect sometimes, but also I think the concepts, though there's such an overlap, uh, some of the kind of nuances and details are, are worthy of special attention to really be able to soak it in. And even taking a little more time through a section that all relates gives us the opportunity to uh, take it in more. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, 15 and 16 is our text. But I'd like to start, just to get a little bit of context, since it has been a while. Let's start with verse 12, and I'm going to read through the end of the chapter, just so you can see and feel where our verses fit in this evening, and then I'll go back to our verses. Let's start with verse 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Well, that gives us some context to draw in. Uh, for tonight and nights that are coming, but let me read for you our verses tonight, verses 15 and 16. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. And I point out to you that verse 16 is at the top of our uh, bulletin on the inside above all the guidance for worship, for orders of worship. And that, that's been there a long time. It was in the bulletin when I first came to serve you, well, I guess 12, going on 13 years ago. And uh, it's been there all the time, and uh, I think it's a very, very good verse to have in our bulletin. So I point that out as I did this morning, and as I quoted it this morning, related to Jeremiah 6, 16, that we would stay in the old paths and go the right way, follow the right rules. 
that's what the Lord calls us to do. He calls us to continue on in the same way, growing and serving him, growing in sanctification, seeking to be more like Jesus, more holy all the time, not getting off course. And uh, this, these verses do continue the thought of last week with this, this imagery, as Paul is fond of doing, of pointing to the example of the, uh, the races in the Olympics uh, in Greece. Last week, Paul encouraged us to forget what's behind as we're running this race towards Christ and more Christ-likeness. And strain for what's ahead, and we saw that idea of trying to get to that finish line trying to complete, move along where we are and enjoy more of Christ and his likeness. But not everyone will automatically agree. And it seems to indicate perhaps some in um, the Philippian church were in disagreement. It could maybe even say not having the same mind related to the the mind of Christ in chapter 2. And we know there was some dissension that we've seen, some beginnings of uh, not being humble and working one another and uh, not esteeming one another better than ourselves. And there seems to be a concern not to go the way of the Galatian church and uh, the Corinthian church. It could be that they're not agreed with some things he's been saying more broadly. Maybe they don't like the idea of suffering for the advance of the gospel, the idea to be rejoicing in it. But the immediate context is what was said last week, and I think that's mainly what he's, mainly what he's pointing to. Not everybody's going to agree. And the Lord will show them in time. Some people are going to be immature in Christ. They're not going to want to be spurred on to a more and more holy run and walk for Christ. They're going to want to rejoice in their justification and not hear a lot about sanctification. There's a minister, a reformed minister in the area that had a number of people go back to another church in the denomination because they just didn't like all of the sanctification stuff. And uh, it isn't that we do it in anything of earning, but we are called to run the race. We are called to persevere and grow. And some are quite content to be where they are. Status quo, often grading by a bell curve, thinking we're better than others when we're not, but not really being spurred on and moved on, not being convinced there needs to be all this concern about godliness, not concerned to be bothered by this Puritan stuff. (laughs) Some will emphasize justification so much they will want to de-emphasize sanctification and the need for cooperation with the Holy Spirit to progress in holiness. How do you handle that? How do you let that affect your run? Do you allow it to cause you to slow down, turn off course, take a break? No, Paul says keep on running all the more. Keep on running as the more mature Christian and an example to the immature Though some will take longer to agree and catch up on the race of progressive sanctification, the ones who are more mature and focused should not be distracted from keeping their determined holy walk. I give that to you as the main idea of what we're looking at tonight in context. Though some will take longer to agree and catch up on the race of progressive sanctification, the ones who are more mature and focused should not be distracted from keeping their determined holy walk. William Hendrickson writes this, We are still far from perfect, but in Christ we should strive to become perfect. And a lot of what's behind that relates to what we just gave a lot of attention to last week. 
But it's, it's as if there's yet another potential obstacle. And in this case, those who would not want to really run along with us and perhaps slow us down, perhaps even encouraging us to take it easy and uh, not, not take this Christianity thing so seriously. But the message for you tonight from the text is don't let them distract you or slow you down either from striving after more Christ-likeness. The message is stay the course of maturity in sanctification. Stay the course of maturity in sanctification. Some less mature Christians who resist significant change will risk your spiritual growth. You know, maybe like the experience of not getting to go up to the top of the mountain peak, because those who have gone that far with you on a hike uh, aren't really as crazy about the effort it will take and the risk it will take to get up to the gorgeous panorama. They're not motivated to see it like you are. They haven't experienced the kinds of things you have with such similar hikes or growing in grace. And they won't agree with its worth and they don't want to, they don't want to go on that far yet. You, you can still go, but there are those who maybe are going to stay behind on this race, not exert as much. Verse 15, the second part is, is getting at this. If in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. He's just said, let us, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. But if there are any of you who are not thus minded are not interested in this race and running and not priding ourselves on whatever the Lord's done for us last week, last year. Frankly, those who do pride themselves on it, it's probably been longer, (laughs) you know, seem to rest on our laurels. Some of you may not, and maybe he's aware through Epaphroditus who's brought his gift from them and is aware of some of the problems going on. Maybe he's speaking directly to something Epaphroditus has shared that there are some that just aren't interested in taking sanctification very seriously. You could point to Corinthians, you know, as where Paul's concerned, they don't get. Because there's a lot of bad lifestyles going on, and he's very concerned about that. Some are immature. This is in contrast to being perfect. He says in the first part, um, as many as are perfect. So, What that word means in the Greek is not that we're perfect as we would think of the word today. It means complete. It means mature. It doesn't mean there isn't more maturity to happen, but there's a sense of maturity, adulthood in Christianity. Kevin West says, Paul's talking about you who are well-rounded in Christian character. And it means a state opposite to spiritual infancy babes in Christ, as we'll see in some other verses. Those who aren't sharing the same thinking as Paul and mature Christians who have learned to keep running the race of sanctification. The mature Christians are those who have learned mature and always maturing or reformed and always reforming. Uh, You know, we've done enough. We're good where we are. You know, I don't really want to study or look at that thing you're having that we maybe need to think about growing as a church. Maybe some things we just are ignorant about and, and frankly are immature about and undeveloped. But these are clearly things that are biblical as demonstrated to be confessional. Uh, You know, can't we just, we're, we're pretty good where we are. That's not the mind of Paul. And that's not the mind of Christians who are maturing and growing in Christ. That's the attitude of those who are immature. 
spiritual infancy. They're not sharing the same thinking of Paul and mature Christians uh, who have learned to keep running for sanctification. God will show them the truth, but let me qualify what that is. As Gordon Clark explains, Paul promised the illumination of the Spirit, not additional verbal revelation. He goes on to say, if we meditate on the revealed words day and night, some of those implications will draw on us in the light of the Spirit. You know, we've all had our aha moments. Like, you know, I've read this verse so many times and I've never seen that before. It's so obvious. I just missed it. A lot of times because we lack the training of how to look at scriptures. We lack the awareness of a lot of other scriptures and how they relate. We lack a systematic thinking of the scriptures as guided by our Westminster standards. But after we are getting more discipleship and we're yearning, wanting to be growing, we get an aha moment. Says, ah, I see it now. You're right. I was wrong. That's clearly something God's telling us to do. Whether as individuals, as a group, depending on, on how it looks. So God will revere illumination. What he means is, this is from God, and if you don't want to acknowledge it now, I trust that in time God will, as you become more mature and adult-like in your Christian walk, and start to run. We have had our aha moments, and we can move ahead, while trusting that they will catch up to our example of following Jesus, following Paul, following Timothy, following Epaphroditus in mature Christianity. We can test, trust God will help them to catch up. They'll, they'll have their moments where they get it and uh, they start to, aha, now I'm going to do this. And they become better athletes, if you will. That's the same thing in sports. Sometimes it's related to ability. Sometimes it's just related to not doing, working hard enough. I'll, I'll give you just a little illusion that comes to mind for my, my favorite sports team. There's a particular player who seems to be particularly gifted, but they're not letting him do enough yet because he's not practicing hard enough yet in all that's required for his position. He's starting to get more playing time as he's working harder in practice. But the coaches are smart. They don't let anybody just jump in until they've proven themselves and taken it seriously and practice the way they're going to play. And so there's that idea of some will get it, and he apparently is starting to get it and doing it what it takes, and he's starting to have more opportunity. In due time, we don't have to always argue, but just keep running until the immature in Christ catch up and catch up. But perhaps also there's a concern not to end up showing To be this, turn to verse 18, we'll get here soon. Next week, I expect. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Those who profess the religion but deny it by their lifestyle. Deny it by not only a lack of running but a lack of walking. And if they are running, they're running the wrong direction. And the walk is walking in darkness, not in light. We'll get to that. He could be also thinking ahead to that. And, but we trust that those who are true Christians, God's going to reveal. He's going to illuminate them to see the truth that they may not be willing to see at the moment or they just can't see at the moment. And that's actually, I think, an encouragement. And for us to keep on running, we, Paul says, who are more mature in the faith, want to know more and live all that God commands and seek after holiness in Christ and keep changing our life Uh, Keep really being zealous in good works as God requires and seeks. Uh, 
They'll catch up over time. We all start our running in different places. We all start our running coming out of different situations. But you don't want these things to be said of you. You don't want to be, you shouldn't want to be the immature Christian, in contrast, who doesn't have the same mind, doesn't really want to know and do anything that they've never heard before. They don't have a Berean spirit. And so they're less noble, like the Thessalonians. You don't want these things said of you. First Corinthians, excuse me, First Corinthians 3, verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Paul's saying, I'm not able to teach you everything I want to because you're not ready for it. You can't study these more important doctrines. You can't uh, try these more aggressive lifestyles. You're not ready for it because you, you're just... You seem to be content with milk like babies. He's not denying Christianity, but he's denying Christian maturity. He's recognizing Christian immaturity and infancy. You don't want this said of you. Hebrews 5 verses uh, 12 and 13. Excuse me. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And that's what he's talking about. You should have been farther off by now. We shouldn't have to keep repeating the same thing all the time. Not that they're not vital as a foundation, but we're supposed to be able to build off of that foundation by now. Some of you should be teachers by now with your amount of time with us. But you really can't be asked to consider an office. You can't really be asked to do a number of things because you're just content to suck your bottle. You're content to coo. That's not the way it should be. That's not what you want to have be said of you. Unskillful in the word of righteousness. Well, what brings skillfulness? Study. And studying and knowing how to study. In fact, you know, at seminary, my professor said early on, one of my professors said, who agrees with us on a lot of things, uh, he said, we can't teach you to know everything. We can teach you how to study. To know how to study. To keep growing in the ministry and serving people. That's the idea. We have to learn how to study sometimes. We have to learn how to do proper uh, study. And so one of the things I always do for you as I've been trained by my preaching professor is to first help you understand what's the main point of the text. How do you know that? You ask, what is the subject of the text? And then you ask, what is the text saying about the subject of the text? It's very similar, kids, how they train you in speech and debate. What are you talking about? What's the question you want to ask about it? That tells you basically what your point is, your main idea that's being brought across. Then I work really hard to study what are the things that need to be explained, driving towards what should the main point be, a main point of application that everything else is building towards. And I study and I pray and I think of you and I think of the word. I study you. I study myself, I study the word, and I have the Lord guide me according to the point of the text. What's the best application of the point of that text? And that's the kind of way you want to approach the word. In what is the king? Context. 
Remember, that determines in greater context, which is sometimes I do what I did tonight. Let's review the greater context. That helps us. That even helped me tonight focusing on what I think the main referent is rather than even the broader context. I'm not sure that's really what he's looking at. It won't make everything totally off, but the more we study hard to really know and focus, this is what he's saying, that you become skillful in knowing how to read the word rightly. Study to show thyself approved, for instance, in other places, Paul says. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Don't be an immature Christian. Paul is saying we can be patient, wait for them, but don't be drawn back by them. Don't be that kind of Christian that draws back others from making progress, or is the temptation to be uh, against making progress. And don't be drugged down, uh, if you are more mature, seeking to grow, don't be drugged down in compromising distractions by those who are babes in the faith, but shouldn't be at this point. Understand that all are not where you are on your pilgrimage. But you must understand whether you are of more experienced Christian maturity And build off of that. Some less mature Christians who resist significant change will risk your spiritual growth. You must understand whether you are of more experienced Christian maturity. Often children argue with their parents about ideas, not so much about related to discipline, but especially at certain ages, (laughs) younger and older, uh, but often argue with their parents about ideas because they don't think the same due to the lack of experience, due to the lack of education about a certain topic, especially because of a lack of experience. They don't come on board yet because they're much less experienced, much more immature. And parents wait for them to mature into a more adult-like understanding and then expect more progress into adulthood. But in the meantime, they don't lose their own maturity in the process. They don't start to neglect the fact that they're an adult and need to continue to be an adult and not be drawn down by more childlike thinking and behavior because our behavior is based on our thinking. Verse 15, the first part of chapter 3. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. He's saying... He's speaking as one to others like him of the same mind to be complete, to be mature Christians, to be unsatisfied to remain as babes sucking on milk bottles. I guess he's probably not thinking of bottles at the time, but that's a more graphic example of you don't want to be. I mean, you know, sometimes we might in certain cultures be aware of or perhaps witness of a mother nursing a child that should be weaned by now. And it's a bit disturbing. Maybe that's what we should consider, what his reference is. I highly doubt it's a bottle. (laughs) We shouldn't be like that. We should be mature. And he's speaking to those who want to be mature and not babies. And the uh, the word for perfect here means more like complete. It means mature. It means complete. Uh, William Hendrickson says it means full-grown, full-grown. 
those thinking rightly along the race of growing in Christ and his righteousness. And coming right out of verses 12 to 14. They can be of good cheer and of good encouragement as you do run. That you will get rewards of assurance, rewards of affirmation along the way, as you have so experienced along the way of seeking to strive after more Christ-likeness. Not being content to give excuses and excuse yourself of that kind of thing. Not presuming upon grace. Don't want to be slowed down by those less spiritually minded. That's what Paul is saying. You want these things to be said of you instead. Hebrews 5 verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Strong meat belongs to those who are full of age. And it's not necessarily age just of being a certain age in terms of what part of your life you're living, a number of years. You know, there are often some that are much more mature as Christians than those who have been Christians longer because of their applying their self, because of their running and racing and wanting more. Therefore, they have it, and then they want more. So it's not necessarily years of age, but growing in maturity in the years we're, we're using for the Lord. But notice, strong meat. You're not just living on milk you are growing, and I'm able to give you meat. And by the way, this word in the older English, uh, it doesn't mean uh, carnage. It means solid food. You can take solid food now. And frankly, it feels your tummy helps you sleep longer later, right? But you can take solid food now, which gives more nutrients, more elements that give you more strength. You are maturing in the faith and serving in the faith. And so I can give you things I can't give to the little babies who won't grow up. I can take you on a special study. We can go and give ourselves to a certain book in discipleship. We can commit ourselves to a mutual effort of growth in a certain area and being accountable and helping. Uh, And I'm thinking positively here. Because we can, because you're ready for it. That's what we are. That's what we need to be. That's what you want to say of yourself. Because it says you have the senses to have been exercised to discern both good and evil. That spiritual exercise and being exercised, having to be able to, well, I don't know the answer to that. That's a good question, so and so. I want to be able to, go to, I want to find out from where that is in the Bible. I'm going to go back to the membership class and all the Westminster standards, and I'm going to make sure I know a good answer. I'm not going to be content to just kind of throw off a lazy answer because I don't want to have to think. And I don't want to have to open a book. And I don't want to have to look at a concordance. Especially now with all the extra uh, availability of smartphones and computers and Bible applications that can search for us. Shame on us if we're not making an effort to study and grow. We've got so much that those in the past don't have. And yet when I read the Puritans, I'm still so humbled by how they know the word. And they know those references. And they didn't have these modern tools to find them quickly. You, you want this to be said of you. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. That's what Paul is saying. Some of us are mature in the faith. 
And we put away infancy and immaturity in the word and the faith, and we want to grow. And we're happy to grow, and we like having grown up. It's natural, for instance, to children to want to grow up, to want to get married, have their own families, to want to go and study and develop their own uh, uh, vocations in life, to have their own children. It's natural to want independency. It's natural to want to be able to say, even as the young ones do, I can do it. I can do it myself. (laughs) I don't need you to treat me like a baby anymore. You know, that's natural to want to be growing up, consider ourselves a man or a woman for God. And not have ourselves looking to others as little boys and little girls in God still, because we never bothered to try. And of course, those who have matured into Christian adulthood better know how to love God and their fellow man and brethren, never tiring of being a parent role model as Paul, Timothy, and Epaphrodites, so that those less mature will grow up in time as God helps them see it and get it and then go after it. Also, never think you have gotten or seen it all, even though that this could be said of you. Always room for growth. There's always room for growth in grace and in Christian maturity. Uh, Some less mature Christians who resist significant change will risk your spiritual growth, so you must understand whether you are of more experienced Christian maturity. And if you are mature, you will know you are never done maturing until heaven. If you're running a marathon or someone's running a marathon, what if there were people on both sides at mile markers and just a ways out from the finish line? And they would be trying to get your attention and turn off the path. Come on, come on, let's take a break. You know, you can run and finish the race later. Come on, come on, let's go do this, let's go do that. Not necessarily even sinning, just not profitable for strengthening and growing and running. You would, if you're serious, immature runner, you would keep on running. You would ignore their influence. You wouldn't look towards them. You keep your eyes on Christ and the prize. Because you've trained already and you know what's involved and you've yet to complete your race, but you have experience in the competition. So you keep running forward and you acquire more and more of the growth of the goal of Christian godliness. And you won't let those less mature who aren't interested in maturing stop you. You got a whole different interest and goal and you hope that they eventually catch up to you. You want more and more developed Christian character, and you know what develops it. Running, striving, forgetting whatever we want to talk about behind us as good enough. Especially endurance. That's where you see a lot of uh, infancies uh, tap out, if you will, you know, because they don't have the experience of endurance. But you know how to endure. I like to think of the race as a marathon. Verse 16. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. I think most directly he's talking about the mind of what we just heard last week. Run. Strain. Strive after more sanctification. And we don't let those who don't want to do it and are not of the same mind stop us. We go after the same thing. 
We should often, of course, think of that as Jeremiah 6.16 again. Walk the old paths, the right ways. Not be turned away by baby Christians who think it's okay to go after the world most of the time. Sprinkle in a little Christianity. Or try to call what looks Christian, Christian, but it isn't. It's an immaturity to do things that God clearly says is evil. And it's an immaturity to do things that even appear, have the appearance of evil. We're not going to be drawn away into those things. We're going to keep on running. We're going to mind the same thing. We're going to continue to mature, making progress into holy maturity and completeness. That word for perfection, again, means the idea of completeness and spiritual maturity in contrast to spiritual immaturity that isn't interested in running very hard or fast and likes to take lots of unnecessary breaks. Uh, Kevin West says this, the word walk here means to direct one's life to live. Walk the same paths. There's always room for more growth and grace. There's never, we don't ever completely know the Bible. We don't ever completely have enough experience living it out. I mean, can anyone really say we don't still struggle? We don't often trip and fall. We got to stop giving ourselves an excuse to think we're good enough. We got to keep up getting on, getting up and getting more. More of Christ, more of Christ's likeness. Directing our lives according to the word. Studying to know it better and better so we live better and better. Ignorance is no excuse. It's laziness. It's immaturity for not finding out. And when we have someone give the introduction of it to us that we don't say, eh, but we want to know and we want to live and grow and change. Semper reformanda. We have to keep redirecting our path and pace as we keep growing in the knowledge of God and his word and nearness of fellowship with him and one another. Jay Montgomery Boyce says this, Nothing can be the will of God that is contrary to the word of God. A lot of immaturity explains away and makes excuses with things that are contrary to God's word. He says, if you are a Christian, you can take it as an unchangeable principle that anything that contributes to your growth in holiness is an aspect of God's will for you. He goes on to share this. A member of my congregation once remarked that all too often young people interpret a difficulty in their work or their schooling as an indication that what they are doing is not God's will for them. Actually, she said, it is probably God's indication that they should work harder at it. Too many people quit a path in study. Too many people quit a path in work because it's actually just hard. And it's hard to learn it and it's hard to get good at it. So we quit. We stop running. We start jogging. We eventually stop moving and we quit and we go somewhere else. There's too many adult babies out there in life in general and as Christians. Sanctification's hard. Growth and grace is hard work. But only babies give up. You know, we need to say at least to ourselves when we want to give up. We just stop being a spiritual baby. Grow up, man. Grow up, woman. Get back on the path. Start running again. We're not done. Isn't that what a good coach does? No, we're not done. One more lap. Let's go. 
to get us to the place that we're ready for the fight, ready for the competition, to win, because it takes endurance, it takes effort, and that comes with experience over time of bearing under and not quitting, to the point where we learn it, we get it, and then we can do it. So that we can get to the next place of learning and the next pace of growth. We're never done. That is the mature Christian wanting to mature more. If it's hard and you are tempted to say it's not for me, and I would say this to many baby Christians pretending they're husbands and wives and they quit on their spouses because it's hard. Life is hard. Marriage is hard. It's not easy to do the right thing. We still have the old man and woman in us. Get a grip and grow up. Do what's right. Work it out. Work it through to the better place. And then want more of that and go after it. Stop nursing yourself on the little bit that you know and be content with that. And stunt your growth. You want to be asking, you want to be praying about Romans 12 verse 2. The call to be transformed into adulthood, into more Christ-likeness by the renewing of your mind. That you may know what is God's will, his good, excellent will, and therefore do it and grow in the doing of it. And that's the other thing to remember. Don't wait until you get it necessarily. Do it because it's clear what it says and you'll get it in the doing of it. Psalm 111 verse 10. I remember a lady who visited us years ago from Portland when we were exploring potential denominational relations uh, to build with this church. I remember she visited a few times, uh, once with her son, and I remember her sharing with us about a, a certain particular thing she began to do and then she got it. She said, you know, there's just, the scriptures do say there's something about obeying and it's in the actual doing of God's command that you get it and you understand it and you own it and you believe it and you want to do it more and better. And she pointed to, uh, I, I think she referenced and I found Psalm 111 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. You get it more by doing it more. Just like practicing anything, including running, how to be a better runner. Doing it more, learning what works, what doesn't work, learning what is true and what makes you better, and experiencing it and then doing it more and more. It's true for anything in life. Learning how to play an instrument, whatever the discipline, takes discipline. And in the doing of it, you get better at it. You get better at understanding it in the doing of it, and then it isn't so hard to be motivated. This will be true for anyone God has given grace to. There are always areas to work on by learning and doing as God reveals truth to you. You who hadn't yet understood, but for years of practice and study. I guess I should say study and practice. John 7 verse 17 If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak myself, Jesus says. If any man will do his will, he'll know the doctrine's true in the doing of it, whether it's of God or whether I'm not speaking of God. 
And this will be true for your Berean brethren as they experiment and experience over time. And this, again, is an encouragement. You don't have to be dragged down if you're a more professional athlete, as it were. If you're more experienced and you need to go to the deep end and you need to, you need to uh, keep getting in your laps in the pool. And, you know, some have to stay in the shallow end for a while because we haven't gotten much practice and we haven't bothered to. But there's a time where we will and we can get caught up. And I think that's an encouragement uh, for those who are mature and those who are immature. Our truly Berean brethren, or over time as they become that, as they experiment and experience over time, they'll get it, they'll catch up. Meanwhile, and the good thing about that is they'll be provoking you and us uh, to holiness and good works as they start catching up and they're on our tail, so to speak, right? Meanwhile, you always want this set of view. 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven once again. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And what that also implies, I'm now doing manly adult things. And you want to always be saying this to God of yourself in Christ as your conviction and as your commitment. Psalm 119, verses 30 to 32. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart, as you sang this evening. Beloved, have the more mature mentality of Paul and keep maturing until you can say this at death. Or Christ's return, what Paul says in verse 16 of chapter 2. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Keep on running. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be distracted from your destination by those who have yet to start running the next lap. You keep running the hard but right way. Especially growing in humility for all our unity with the mind of Christ. And by your example to follow, following him. More will in time have the same mind and be engaged in the same spiritual, spirited race for progress. In the meantime, in looking ahead, that they would be looking ahead after you and catch up with you. Stay the course of maturity in sanctification. And again, that is the message for you this evening. Stay the course of maturity in sanctification. Let us pray. Lord God, we do pray that you would help us not to be babies in Christ, but perfect adults in Christ, mature in the faith, always seeking to grow, never giving up and not wanting to do the hard work, not interested to have the mind of being more like Christ, not missing out on being taught deeper and broader things, not willing to be called upon to experience such things as we learn because we are still just interested in nursing. Lord, help us to grow natural, spiritual growth. 
Help us, O oh Lord, to be striving after and, and uh, not to be distracted by things behind us of our own accomplishments, looking ahead to Christ to seek to grow, and, and not to be uh, drugged down and held back by those who are not yet willing to go there. But pray, Lord, that in time you will show them these things also. You will illumine, Holy Spirit, their understanding of what Paul clearly is saying and put in a desire to follow after and be similar. Lord, help us to be staying on this course of maturity and sanctification. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. And all your people said, Amen.